Vincent Shen and I are going shopping on this consumer goods edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, joining you here from Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. It is Tuesday, November 10th, 2015, and joining me as we basically walk through a virtual shopping mall is Vincent Shen. What's up, brother? How are you, Sean? Not too bad. When's the last time you went to the mall? I never go to the mall. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> My wife rides the train, depending on city. Anyway, um, so uh, Vince, I'm anxious to get, because I talked to Dylan on Friday about this. Um, we here at The Motley Fool were lucky enough to participate in the annual Foolapalooza conference. Sure. What was your favorite part? Uh, I think getting to meet a lot of the other fools that I don't usually work with was awesome. But in terms of activities, uh, I have to say, I hadn't played paintball in like five years. Oh, boy. So getting to lay some paint down. Did and you go Rambo on everyone? Um, it was intense. Everybody here is very competitive. I appreciated that. Good. Good, good, good. Do you have any uh, uh, wounds, bruises? Yes. 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 Does it hurt to walk? No, it's fine. It's I was fine. a little sore afterwards, I'll tell you that, just because a lot of you know crouching and running around, but overall, it was a great time. Cool. Very good. Well, uh, diving into our show, which is we're basically going to talk walk through a virtual mall, as I said, and just talk about the major department stores. Um, it's been a rough year to be a department store, no? Yeah, absolutely. So overall, uh, for apparel retailers in particular, um, they've really taken a beating this year. Um, I think that has to do with... You know some shorter term trends, but also some high level developments for the industry and the competitive landscape that we'll get to uh, later in the show. But just to give you an idea, for example, Macy's down thirty percent year to date, um, which you wouldn't have expected. But anyway, and uh, oh no, you're fine. Uh, so Macy's down thirty percent year to date. Kohl's down twenty eight percent year to date. Nordstrom's down twenty one percent. Overall, actually, JC Penney is doing quite well at plus the surprise winner thirty two percent. They were being left for dead, not. One and a half, two years. I think ago. that's part of it. Uh, you know, the beginnings of their turnaround are like starting to take hold, essentially. Right. And you know, you have to keep in mind that they're they're definitely the outlier. They're down, uh, you know, eighty to ninety yeah. percent from their highs in two thousand twelve. Before right. uh, they know, were thirty forty dollars stock, correct? forty dollars stock exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a bit of an exception. Um, but all four all four of these companies that I mentioned are actually reporting their earnings this week, which is why I wanted to talk about. Uh, a little bit about just higher level what to expect and what uh, investors should really be focusing on um, when the when their management teams are on their conference calls talking about uh, you know their results for this quarter and just their guidance for the next year. Okay. So, for example, uh, you know this the stocks are down obviously due to a streak of underperforming quarters for most of these retailers. Uh, also, we've had a lot of in the news. Big store closing announcements uh, from J.C. Penney's, from Macy's, and uh, you know some unfavorable shifts in consumer trends around people just buying more media or buying more electronics. Also, uh, things like fast fashion, and also, lastly, you know, even seems like the weather these days is stacked against these companies with a very warm, warm fe- uh, f- fall winter that we've been having. Right. So, um, taking a step back and just give our listeners some perspective, um, I've been a fool for two years now, and one of the first major stories that uh, Mark Reith and I used to cover when we did a consumer goods-based show sure. uh, back in the day was JCPenney. This is when they were in some serious trouble. Um, this was late 2013, early 2014. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, are they going to survive the holidays? Actually, that Christmas, Christmas 2013, they um, they had to issue a bunch of stock 
for cash in order to have cash for inventory purchases and stuff for the holidays. I mean, it was getting tight. Very dire straits, I'm sure. Um, and so, of course, they announced a bunch of store closures. I mean, they're going to close, I think, uh, 92, give or take two or three stores you know, uh, in 2014. And, um, but the, the interesting story of the last few years and the two, you know, bringing it back around, the two major stories that we've seen with department stores is not only has JCPenney, the most troubled uh, department store, been closing stores, but the, the strongest player here, arguably Macy's, has been closing stores too. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been trying new store concepts. So what's been going on with these four uh, 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 department stores in light of these facts? Sure. Uh, so, you know, like you mentioned, uh, the store closing for JCPenney, especially uh, you know during that when they're still on the on the downward run, essentially right. was really bad. The past year, they announced they're closing about forty uh, locations in its weaker location uh, in its weaker uh, the weaker stores, pretty much. Well, and this was uh, the the joke the, again, harkening back to two years ago. So tr- good luck finding that on YouTube. But um, it was like I remember I, I lived in Indianapolis for a time, and they were closing a JCPenney store and. Some farm town in Indiana, like two hours, and I was like, "Why was this ever here in the first place?" But anyway, well, the, actually, the interesting thing is, you know, some of the steps that they're taking, that these stores are taking, that we'll talk about in a few minutes here, kind of addresses the potential that they see in smaller markets. Right. So, J.C. Penney closing forty stores. I'm sure they're going to be end up closing. They're going to end up closing more right. too as these leases expire. They're going to look. At which locations are performing well, not uh, not performing well, and obviously, I think overall that's keep the major just part of their turnaround. Yeah. For Macy's, they also announced they'd be closing about thirty-five to forty underperforming locations. And the big thing here is they actually mentioned that though they're closing, that represents about five percent of their total store base. It okay, only represents yeah. about one percent, just under a thousand, one percent of their revenue. So that gives you an idea automatic of how poorly win. automatic win exactly. Yeah. So th- again, that's I think. Uh, the stocks actually traded down a little bit on the Macy's news, uh-huh. but overall, uh, you know, investors should really keep in mind that this is basically management, the management team cleaning house here, yeah. and trying to shore up uh, their operations into their strongest stores, which makes perfect sense to me. Uh, overall, you know, with those store closings that we just discussed, that is also shifting with some openings too. But the thing is, they're not opening their typical anchor stores at malls. They're shifting to. A lot, uh, and this is a trend that we're going to see among many uh, of the bigger retailers towards these off-price, uh, you know, more discount-based pricing and smaller footprint stores. So Macy's announced they have they're going to have their backstage. It's Macy's backstage, and then we also have Nordstrom Rack. Off Fifth by Saks Fifth Avenue, which is hugely Avenue. successful. Yep. Nordstrom Rack, and also Neiman Marcus Last Call. Kohl's is also is doing that a bar. Some- Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Kohl's is also doing something similar, and you know the main theme here is smaller footprint. And what that means is, again, they can avoid the shopping malls, which a lot of which are struggling overall, unless you're in like the top tier, of right. Targeting the top tier of wealthier customers and shoppers, and so that you know they can basically target urban areas where they can have smaller store can fit. Uh, basically in the general spaces that are available in those kinds of areas. But they also target smaller markets where, okay, we don't have to open this massive uh, store. We can open something maybe 50% the size, right. and that can be sustained by a smaller city or town, for example, right. that you might that you mentioned, like that small one in Indiana. 
So this is a big push from them. Um, and in general, uh, the retail sector is seeing a trend in a, a, for shoppers who are looking for value offerings. So companies like TGX and Kohl's, you know, Kohl's that have Kohl's, not been struggling. They have all. not been closing yeah. locations. Though you know, they've had a few rougher quarters as well. Right. That has been. Well, I was actually referring to uh, a Ross and TJ Maxx. Those stores are killing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've had a great five six years. Um. The other thing that I wanted to add some color on was um, the the smaller format uh, store within a store concepts that these guys have been doing, um, and you know we can obviously talk about this a little bit later and everything, but um, they're trying to make the best use possible of their giant stores that remain by having the store within a store. That way, you have a reason to go in there. And the best example of this is uh, J.C. Penney's relationship with uh, Sephora. Yes. Um, their former uh, chairman and CEO actually got his start at uh, uh, the owner of Sephora, which is uh, oh shoot, what is it? The French company. Mars? I, I do not recall. Anyway, yeah. Um, but the owner of Sephora, they um, uh, you know have this relationship with J C Penney. That's why the Sephora, and that's regularly highlighted in J C Penney's quarterly conference calls, like our Sephora store within a store concept. Well, yeah, da, da, that's da, drawing da. the customers in through the door, and guess what? When they're there, they're going to do other shopping in other departments, and that's uh-huh. been a huge boon for them. The evil scheme. <laughs> so you know, going back to the uh, some of the the smaller kind of discount. Uh, store concepts that these retailers are launching into it, this is something that's kind of, that's leaked through to a lot of the i feel the retail sector so for example walmart target doing the same thing right uh they're trying to open smaller locations in the cities to attract what everybody wants to attract millennial younger shoppers uh with who are looking for you know good value and you know more discount merchandise and again this also applies to whole foods you know they have their 365 concept which I can't wait to visit. Uh, which they're experimenting with now. And the whole point of that is that it's the Whole Foods 365 brand, so lower prices to, again, appeal to younger shoppers and uh, people who are in these urban areas that where they can't uh, ne- potentially launch a full-size Whole Foods in every city. Absolutely. Well, before we move on, I wanted to point our listeners once again to the newly redesigned Focus.Fool.com. There you'll discover a special offer to join the Motley Fool's Stock Advisor newsletter for all industry-focused listeners. All loyal IF listeners have access to a special discount on Stock Advisor that works out to $129 for a full two-year subscription. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of this offer. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. All right, so diving back into the retail sector. Um, Vince, I'm anxious to get your thoughts on any short-term headwinds that investors need to be uh, keeping in mind as all these retailers report this week. Sure. So, um, you know, as we discussed previously, uh, we have incoming uh, third quarter reports from companies like Macy's, JCPenney, uh, Nordstrom. So this will have all the the back-to-school shopping, but... It's really the prelude to the holiday season. Exactly. So, uh, some things to, that I thought were particularly interesting because earlier this week, uh, you know, a lot of these retail companies took a beating uh, in the market. Their shares tumbled, you know, three, five percent or more on some very bearish Wall Street reports. And these reports generally cited uh, something where I think it's funny that it seems like even nature is is acting out against. Uh, <laughs> it's like stacking the odds against these companies, which is through. Uh, you know the very warm weather that we've been enjoying recently. Where all over the country, um, for both October, October and November so far, we're breaking records for warm weather. And what's happening is, you know, in the, uh, when the winter is really, really, when the weather is really cold, shoppers don't want to go out, and the stores suffer. And 
Unfortunately, on the opposite end, when it's really warm, in this case, at this time of year, people are pushing off their winter clothing shopping. Right. So what's happening is that these retailers are ending up with a lot of excess inventory, especially for their cold weather apparel. And that's definitely going to be something that I'm sure is reflected got me, for this quarter. You've got me curious now. Will their, their inventory balances on the balance sheets in, this week, what, what, will they be up a little Exactly. That's, so that's wow. definitely something that I feel will get covered by uh, you know the management teams on their calls, and they, they will cite this as an, an issue. Something else also that's higher level is the U.S. dollar and the strength of that, because that's hurting... Um, that's basically making it much more expensive for people to come to the U.S. as tourists. And Macy's, you know, for the previous quarters, they cited the fact that weaker tourism hurt them in like major hubs like New York City in their flagship right. store, where the results simply weren't as strong because the goods are more expensive relative to you know the tour- tourist local home. currency and the fact that they're just not going to do as much spending. But that's something that's going to impact more of the, uh, I guess, the higher the higher end retailers. Right. So, um, real quick, just before we move on, um, what's the key takeaway if you own any any number of these companies? Well, for these two issues, I think it's the most important thing is that to remember that these are short term headwinds. Uh, of course, the currency, the strong U.S. dollar, has been in play for you know almost two years now. Right. And some people believe that that's going to be the case for another year or two. But, you know, you are looking at this from the foolish perspective of, is this, you know, fundamental business uh, a sustainable, strong one over 15, 20 years? Yeah. Uh, These are things to keep in mind and I think are very interesting uh, as parts of the retail business and what they encounter, but not major hits on the basically the investment proposition. Right. Okay. Well, with that in mind, um, I do want to look towards the future for these companies and the shift in consumer spending towards you know more media, more electronics, um, as opposed to spending an afternoon shopping at Macy's. Sure. Um, apparently, these companies do have value, though. No, of course. So there's uh, two trends that we're seeing with uh, for these apparel retailers that I also think uh, that are much longer term are, are something that we're kind of getting the beginning hints of that investors will want to keep in mind. And the first is uh, that there is a shift from spending on a lot of on traditional goods like clothing towards media uh, and also electronics. A good example of where we've already seen this start to take hold and the companies are suffering as a result and they've had to basically institute major uh, transitions in their business and their product portfolios is the toy industry. So think about like Mattel, for example, or Hasbro, where they had these major brands like Lego, or yeah. like Barbie, I'm sorry, not Lego, yeah. but like Barbie or Hot Wheels or uh, it's like the American Girl dolls. And those have all struggled. And I see it every I see it every time I visit my little cousin, for example. Why buy those when you can give the kid an iPad? Exactly. And he's <laughs> on his iPad most of the time um, over playing with uh, you know the typical like action figures or right. games along those lines so that's just something that uh, we've seen in general uh, and I think is going to start leaking for for into the apparel retailers as well where people are just going to be focused more on getting the latest iPhone rather than getting that new pair, new pair of boots well not only that but these companies are and this is you know harking back to what we were talking about earlier with the smaller format stores and just having less inventory and everything um, I, I did want to point out that I love what Macy's has done, um, and I don't know if you came across this in your research, but they just built a three or four hundred million dollar distribution facility in Oklahoma of all places that pretty much rivals an Amazon warehouse. Macy's is on it with their inventory management and their distribution, and just with you know the way the country's working with you know getting things in two or three days, buying it on Amazon. Um, 
You don't need a huge store. You don't. And I'm glad you brought that up because you know that's another big trend that we're that a big shift that we're seeing for these companies is you know Macy's is being really proactive about. Uh, adopting this omni-channel strategy, where where they are meeting customers' needs in the store and online, because there's no deni- there's right. no denying that e-commerce has obviously been growing as a percentage of total retail sales for a long, long time now. Well, and arguably everybody wins because if you go into a Macy's twenty or any one of these stores twenty years ago, they literally had to have every size of a pair of jeans available pretty much if they wanted that sale that day. Mm-hmm. Um, now they can have you know five of the sizes the person likes it they can just be like okay order online we'll be at your place in two days boom or pick it up at the store either way so they really want to provide shoppers with those options you know Kohl's hasn't been as strong as some of the other some of its competitors in adopting that omni-channel strategy but it definitely has that in mind and management has cited the fact that they're going to be pursuing that much more aggressively and so the last thing is uh a bit more of like uh kind of financial engineering in my view but it has to do with REITs, real estate investment trusts. Uh, you know, we kind of saw this a little bit in the gaming industry uh, with Penn National Gaming, yeah. where they basically they, they have these casinos. They spun off a REIT, which basically owned that property, and the actual op- game, you know, the casino operator would Paid. lease yeah. that back. The benefit, you know, the investors in the REIT get really stable revenues from those lease payments, but they also get, uh, you know, more favorable tax treatment uh, since it's not taxed at that. At the corporate level, level yeah. exactly. So, uh, a number of retailers have always been doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, the first the attempted it, or the the first bull case that referred to any of these companies was, of course, Sears. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't turned out quite as well, but uh, a lot of analysts have come out and said that they think that the real estate of some of these other ones, particularly the stronger brands like Macy's, are worth even more than the Sears locations. So, Jeffrey Smith, uh, he's an activist investor with Starboard Value, and this is a really pretty impressive number. Where he thinks that Macy's real estate, um, you know, just think about its flagship store, for example, in New York. That's is worth a billion dollars is, on its own. He <laughs> thinks that the uh, real estate portfolio for Macy's is worth $21 billion. The, car, the company's market cap right now is just $15 billion. Now, did he say what? Okay, so you can just you can throw that number out. Okay, all Macy's stores are worth twenty one billion twenty one billion dollars for their real estate. However, you need to have a use for it to get the real estate valuable and uh, to get the value of real estate. And one of the the bull cases for I remember you know a year or two ago with Sears was they wanted to chop up the stores and to make them into tiny little stores. Mm-hmm. You had like a Best Buy Mobile and all that stuff. Is that what he's thinking with the Macy's stores? Because well, the thing is, overall, the company, you know, the management team has already started to think about their the property they own and the ways that they can diver- diversify its use. I think at another location, they kind of took the second floor and just started renting that out to another tenant. Wow. Um. So who was it? <laughs> I don't recall. I but that was just uh you know something that I had seen quickly. But it's just part overall. I look at it more so as you know the the fact that. These companies currently, in, in their current form, they own a lot of property and a lot of real estate, obviously. And whether a, something like a REIT can help unlock that value uh, is definitely something investors should consider. Got it. Wow. Well, thank you for your thoughts, Vince. Thanks, Sean. Have a good one. And if you have any questions or comments, we would love to he- e- uh, hear from you. Just email us at focus.fool.com. Again, that is focus.fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Vincent Shen, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and fool off.